If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. It's the Dearly Departed podcast. Featuring your host, historian Scott Michaels, and filmmaker Mike Dorsey. Hello, death pod people. <laughs> the pod people. <laughs> Hello, dearly departed podcasters, death hags, and other listeners. And the nice people in the world. Hello, hello. hello. This hello. is episode seven, and uh, one, two, three, four, we're doing the Ramones. Gabba, gabba, hey. Um, so this will be a fun one. In honor of the Ramones, uh, we will be doing this show in two minutes. And ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> With three chords. No, uh, this will be a normal length show, I'm sure. We'll see. We don't time it, so it just is what it is. Normal length. I just love when people drop that Uh, Before we get into news of the week I wanted to give a shout out again to everybody Who's giving us nice positive five star reviews Like on iTunes and stuff I think there's like 70 or 80 of them now That's really cool Thank you thank you guys so much for taking the time to do that And shout out to our friends Kelly and David I know who listen to the show a lot And everybody else Hey guys (laughs) <laughs> no, that's awesome. I mean, everyone who comes up to me who who acknowledges the the, the podcast says they well, of course they're not going to tell me it sucks to my face, but probably not. No, yeah. I doubt. You're it, but, you're a, a tall, intimidating figure, Scott. I don't think people are going to diss you to your face. That's because well, I'm inspired by Schlitzy, the pinhead. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> truly, but but right. no, it's it's. It's cool because I, I get I get kind of weirded out because I'm like, we just sit around and we bullshit, you right. know, but I mean, with a point, we don't just bullshit about our lives. We exactly. bullshit on subject, right, right, right. but uh, it's just, that's what people like, I guess. It's really cool. Really cool. So thanks a lot. If you guys, uh, you guys take the time to give us reviews and just listen. Thank you. And on that positive note, let's talk about deaths of the week. Bum, bum, bum. News of the week. <laughs> Okay, so let's start with um, one that we um, we talked about earlier, uh, the tragic passing of Luke Perry. Uh, some new news I saw on your site, Scott, that um, he was buried in an eco-friendly mushroom suit. Not a, a suit with mushroom print, like a psychedelic thing. It, uh, apparently, he like it, it's a growth. Well, like, you would, Mike, wouldn't you? I mean, really. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the kids. It's the kids nowadays. Uh, I, I personally don't 
get it, but then I'm not an environmentalist. And I yeah. use straws, and I love my little plastic <laughs> bottles of shampoo. You dump your plastic in your shower beads into the ocean. I and burn with, it. Like, you don't you don't eat fish probably that much, so no. you're not a fish guy? No, so I'm Midwestern. No, I, 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 I care for the yeah. environment. I do. I will use yeah. straws and shampoo bottles till I die, but, right. <laughs> but I care about it. Well, things. they also have a way. Uh, there's a burial thing, I think, where you can get buried in like a pod that's like a seed pod, and like a tree grows out of you or something like that. So what? Well, okay. I mean, I, I guess or, you feel like you gave something back, or just go to Griffith Park, you know, and dump a couple <laughs> seeds in a. Right. Send send me your cremains. Send me your hundred bucks, and I'll I'll send you to Griffith. Venmo Park. him a hundred bucks, and Scott will bury you anywhere in the L.A. County area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we can within get away, reason, that we can within get away reason. with. Yeah, legally. Yeah, yeah. Well, not necessarily because you can't bury anyone legally. <laughs> but no, the, it was weird because the, uh, the 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 you can bear- store them in your shop legally, like, but you can't few. bury them. <laughs> There's about, I mean, the mushroom suit thing. I've heard, you know, before that he was scattered, cremated and scattered over his ranch in Tennessee. So mm-hmm. the mushroom thing, I'm not sure where it comes from. But but how they shoot people into space, they make records, right. they make tattoos. That 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 weirdo guy is weirdo. Here's me calling a weirdo. Uh, <laughs> painting paintings of Charles Manson in his blood and using Manson's ashes for the eyes. And That's right. They can take your, like, cremains and print it into a record, right? In a comic book. They'll make, uh, they'll make um, they can make jewelry. Yeah, or you could just, I mean, I have my mom a little crucifix, so we took the, you know, you can unscrew the top, you can pour what, some of the cream. What are your posts? You're going to be buried in Hollywood forever. I've right? got so, one in, I got one in Michigan, I got uh-huh. one here, and I'm going to get fridge magnets for all my friends. So, so he's going to divvy Scott up. That's right. I, I love it. <laughs> all right. But I, I want to be everywhere. I want people to take me it with them. It just shows how much you, you give of yourself. I, you know, yourself with I give and yeah. I give Mike. No, I think it's cool. <laughs> I love taking my mom with me. You know, to yeah. places. It's really awesome. I, it sounds, uh, I mean, I go, when I go, I went to Europe, I took my mom with me. You know, it's kind of cool. I went that to Texas, cool. took my mom. It's cool. That's awesome. I like it. Uh, Charles Van Doren, uh, who was famous for the, the 21 uh, quiz show scandal, the, passed yeah. away. He was played by, uh, famously played by Ray Fiennes in the Robert Redford film Quiz Show, which won Oscars and was a, a really great film. Who scammed? I mean, they just now he was in cahoots with people, wasn't he? Yeah, they were giving him the answers. They threw he threw the show, or the the people threw the show. He won the money, and then they busted him, and he went to he was like Supreme Court. I mean, that was like a big deal. Yep, and it 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 was antitrust law, something like that. Something came down the feds, yeah, dropped down on them for basically cheating cheating the public yeah but it's kind of funny he dies in the middle of this guy in jeopardy who's got this crazy run going right now but i, I guess that's you know someone that's probably legit troy was telling me the story there was i forget what the name of that show was he was telling me it was a game show where was it joker's wild or there was something where there was an image in the middle of it and then all around the the, out, the outline of this image were these little computer screen checkery things that would flash, 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 flash. And then the person slams a button and stops in the middle and whatever, that's your that's your your prize. But this guy was a, like a mathematician. He was one of those Rain Man guys. And he could, he could you know, he, he clocked it and he knew it. Ding, 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 and he, he knew exactly when to do it. Right. And he, he like broke the code. Well, I just saw today this guy that's winning on Jeopardy right now. He um, he, he made a buzzer. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
and he had in his living room and he practiced. He would stand in front of the television watching episodes of Jeopardy and he would hit the buzzer and he would practice just as he would. He was like practicing like a professional Good athlete for him. would practice. Good for and he's him. And they're cleaning up. Yeah, it's awesome. Screw the man. That's <laughs> <laughs> cool. No, I love it when people, you know, within reason, I love it when people do that kind yeah. of stuff. I mean, cheating, I don't know. I mean, when people count cards in casinos, you know what? They're counting cards. It's not like they're breaking the law. You know, they're counting. They're playing the way they're supposed to, it's I guess. It's preparation but, as opposed to cheating in that case. Yeah, it's not, they're yeah. not, you know, it's it's not fair for people to go and spend 200 bucks of their life savings and play blackjack once and somebody's counting cards and doing it every night. Sure. That would suck. Right. But still, it's like public. Yeah. You know. So Jar- Charles uh, Charles Van Doren, the fur, uh, he was 93 years old. He died on April 9th. And, uh, you know, he actually recovered pretty well, I think. He, he came from kind of a, a respected academic family, and he went on to uh, – he had to resign from Columbia University and apparently didn't go back for like 50 years or something after that. But he went on to be a book uh, author and editor, and I think he, he worked for Encyclopedia Britannica, and he had a career. Um, also, uh, David Winters, who was Arab in um, – West Side Story just passed away. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was in the last couple of days. And Ken <laughs> he Kirchhoff just passed was away like two one, days too. ago. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I just watched West Side Story the night before, and then Arab died. I'm sorry. So Mike, I, you're freaking me out. I know. Stop <laughs> it. Sorry. Uh, he, uh, what's funny about him was he, um, he went on to have a really successful career as a producer and choreographer and director of some big films. But the one that jumped out at me is he directed Thrashin in 1986, the skateboard movie oh my with God. Josh Brolin. Josh and Brolin was it, in there? Yes, he was the star. Stop. It was like a year after Goonies. And uh, and what's funny is uh, is basically the, the the plot was basically West Side Story but with skateboards. It was two ri- <laughs> it was it was two ri- the hit. <laughs> it was two rival skateboard gangs and they were like and a girl on one side and a guy on the other fall in love with each other and it's like this Romeo and Juliet. You do what you know with skateboards, huh? But yeah, I guess you know in the eighties skateboard movies got big. It's almost like they were trying to figure out the culture, like what was cool about it. And there was that Gleaming the Cube movie with Christian Slater that was awesome. Yeah, I watched that one a lot. Yeah, thrashing. Mm-hmm. Really? Like rad, the BMX movie. <laughs> these are all- this is a different time for me. <laughs> different time. <laughs> you had to be eight when these movies came out to appreciate them. Uh, and then um, Seymour Castle. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details who um, was a, a big character actor. He was in a lot of John Cassavetes movies. He was in a bunch of other people's movies, but he was also well-known. He was one of Wes Anderson's regulars. Okay. Uh, he was, um, and he, among many roles, he was Jason uh, Schwartzman's dad in Rushmore. So he passed away. And then um, Dennis Day update. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So Dennis Day, we talked about a couple episodes ago. He uh, was the Mouseketeer, the original Mouseketeer mm-hmm. from the 50s, mm-hmm. who disappeared back in July and his family reported him missing and he was gone for a long And there was all the kind of suspicious circumstances around it uh, up in Oregon. And uh, a body was found. Uh a few weeks ago, what do, what, at his where house, was like he, on his you? property, somewhere they said at his house. I don't at know his house, was, yes, Stop which they searched. Oh, for God's sake! They said he searched his house, and then if you look, they said they searched a grave, uh, a cemetery that was nearby, and his house basically backed up to a cemetery. Okay, so I so looked it up hear, on Google Maps. We heard about it in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. so you can't go in the backyard of this guy's house. <laughs> they found and look. it. Well, apparently he, he lived in kind of a I don't know, maybe he was a hoarder, but it, it, the descriptions of the house and how he was living. It's possible uh-huh. he was just under a bunch of junk or something, and they just didn't see him. So he's dead. They well, found him the, dead. here's the thing. They haven't identified him yet. And there's a Facebook page, I guess, by his, by his family put up called um, uh, Help Us Find Dennis Day. And I checked it, and as of a few days ago, they still hadn't ID'd the body, even though they found it like Did three weeks ago. Did they post pictures of it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll Does this look like him? No. Uh, they haven't ID- identified the body. I mean, uh, uh, who else would it be? Exactly. Well, they can, I mean, it's like the coroner. You know, you can. The guy could be laying there with twenty needles stuck in his arm, but until you get the uh, <laughs> right, until you get the toxicology report. Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's too bad. And then this one is a local one for you, Scott. Uh, the ghoul. Uh, as a DJ, I guess, from Detroit. Uh, he was, was actually big. a horror movie host. Is that what he was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, kind of like Elvira, sort of, you know. Every, every town had one. Uh, he was, uh, he, I think he was based in Cleveland, but he made it to Detroit. And he was just this really weird, culty kind of horror movie host with characters on his show. And he was, it was not like any other because he was younger and he was more uh, animated. He wasn't trying to be spooky. Okay, he was okay. just more, more hippie. And, and he was a funny guy, really, really funny guy so uh yeah that was a that was a blow to us detroiters <laughs> a real a loss to the culture of detroit was he still doing anything or was, do you know or was he retired i think or? he did he did occasional appearances but there wasn't a regular thing right he, he wasn't doing any of that anymore nobody does that anymore do they no not really no. that's a good point you don't see that anymore at all no because you just turn the channel if it's a commercial, forget <laughs> right. it. well mst3k is kind of that way mm, that's true yeah 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 kind of yeah kind of um, and then uh, you, uh, some personal news, you were on Mysteries at the Museum. I was. What, is that E? E show? Travel Channel. Travel Channel. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. It was on the Mansfield car and the curse of the Mansfield car. The only time I had to do any television anymore is because of that car, and uh, which is cool. That works for me as long as I get the museum's picture in there. Sure. I'm cool with that. But uh, but yeah, it was uh, it went out pretty well. I, I mean, it's a high-profile show, and I love the show personally because... Uh, um, you know, it's fascinating. I, they, you know, I was watching it a lot more when I after I filmed an episode because that's what you do. Is uh, you know, I don't really. I, I liked it occasionally, but then I started watching it intently after I shot an episode. But they they would do things like they found the, the Leopold and Loeb uh, murder in Chicago that the the film Rope was based on oh. the Hitchcock film. Uh, uh, one of them dropped their glasses when they murdered Bobby Frank, and it were these like really per- perfect rich people prescription glasses only two pairs ever made in life and was like the dumbest thing <laughs> but these glasses were in, in, in the 
Field Museum in Chicago. So they found those glasses. You know, it was stuff like that. It's really cool. <laughs> it's cool. There were a couple other people, though, I want to hit on, if you don't mind, the, uh, the obits. There was Nipsey. Oh, and we didn't talk about him? We didn't know, because he, he, Nipsey Hussle was killed like three days after we released our last episode. Did I tell you I worked that funeral? No. <laughs> so for people that don't know, real quick, uh, Nipsey Hussle was a rapper from uh, South L.A., uh, uh, former, or maybe still, I don't know how active he was, former alleged Crip gang member down there. But he had really... Uh, he 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 had made good. I guess he had he was you know uh, revitalizing his community. He was investing in real estate, and he was kind of very into fixing things up. So it really hit people hard because he was killed by a, a, allegedly killed by an active gang member who had just gotten out of jail, and they had a dispute. It was kind of like a deal like with John Lennon, where they met they the guy showed up at the, at his store, Nipsey Hussle at a, at a clothing store, and the guy that killed him showed up and they had a conversation, and then the guy left. And then he came back yeah. with the gun and killed him. Yeah, but right it wasn't there. like a, it he, was... he killed him in broad daylight in front of a bunch of witnesses, and there was on security cameras. I mean, it took him like yeah. two days to find the guy. Only because he was on the him. run. Yeah, they knew yeah. exactly who they were looking for. Right, and they were they knew each other. I mean, there were conversations. They did. They were familiar with each other. But uh, yeah, like most people that are my age uh, in Los Angeles, I never heard of the guy, and uh, and so I was sort of surprised by the the intensity of the focus on the news because TMZ, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll hit on a lot of people that get killed that I've never heard of. And they're people that you'll never hear of again, except for the fact that they're dead. Mm -hmm. And this one was big and I had no idea it was as big as it was. It was yeah. shocking. The memorial, like the flowers took up the entire parking lot of yeah. the thing. And there were several big you know crowds of people out there at several times. And they did the whole thing, like what they did with Biggie, where they drove the hearse, the funeral procession through the neighborhood and all the crowds were there was a trip. along the street. You yeah. So you worked the funeral. Yeah, I did. I was a representative of our mayor uh, uh, on behalf of the city of Los Angeles. I went and it was we were just because the police wouldn't go anywhere near it. And it was the Nation of Islam that were sort of bordering mm, interesting, it. Interesting. Yeah. So we were able to get th we were allowed to go through because we were representatives of the city. But we weren't. I mean, I stood out anyway. You know, I was one of two white people, which, you know, it. And and both of us were there in the same capacity, mm -hmm. you know. But people were really nice. I was I wasn't wasn't sure what to expect. That was high. I was higher than anything <laughs> because it's all you know. It was just it was people hanging around and smoking dope. And, oh, right, and that's, right, right. That's, it was. Yeah. And then there were uh, candles and people just coming and bring candles and flowers, mm -hmm. candles and flowers. And it was fascinating to be because I was literally at the parking space. That's where I was standing oh, wow. for like a whole afternoon. Wow! And, like ground um, zero for the whole yeah. thing. Yeah, and it became a lot bigger after that mm -hmm. i was there for you know like three or three days or two days after he died and uh and it, by the time the funeral rolled around it was a lot bigger right so um and then the staples center my god yep i was shocked that's I, like the ultimate uh, uh 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 thing that the city of la can bestow upon you is the staples a funeral, center? <laughs> a, no a funeral just because that was michael jackson too right yeah the with the end. Center, i mean who else like, is gonna break that but kind you know of crowd? I mean, you know what i mean yeah like yeah. That, that if you get a funeral at the staples center that's a high honor Sure. In Los Angeles. So it was an education, most definitely <laughs> fascinating. Yeah. And get to talk to some people out there and get some real, you know, just getting, taking it all in. It was surprising because I didn't know the guy and now I do. And right. it was just interesting to be there at ground zero. I think a lot of people that probably know about him and what he was doing now that didn't know. Yeah. Before, I mean, because I was, of all the media attention. I'll tell you, yeah. I worked, his shop was right there too because he sells the, uh, the, the shirts that, yeah. um, and he owns that whole strip mall, I think. Yeah. Like he was buying up blocks. Yeah. And, and employing his buddies and put, giving money back. I mean, he was really, really well-liked. It was a real loss for people. Yep. 
So who else? Oh, um, well, Georgia Engel, who was the, 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 the dotty blonde woman on the Mary Tyler Moore show. They had the soft-spoken voice. Okay. She was married to Ted Baxter. Uh, she passed away. Um, Les Reed, who wrote the song It's Not Unusual uh, for Tom Jones. And uh, a guy by the name of Ian Cognito, who was a British comic, who was 60 years old, and he died on stage, and he was dead for like five minutes on stage, and people thought it was part of the gig. I mean, that's happened before when people die on stage like that, and they think it's part of the act. But, yeah, but uh, he sat there for like five minutes, they said, before they realized he's not, because he was, I think he was that kind of a comic that would really like mess with people. Like Andy Kaufman like, yeah. or something, yeah. So he might have been putting them on, and then they realized, yeah, he's not breathing. Yeah. It's not funny so, anymore, <laughs> or, it's, or it's even funnier that's now. That's the second time we've talked about someone that basically died on stage here. Who was the other Remember, one? Remember, uh, Tiny Tim. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Uh, and there similar was a, thing, heart attack. What was the other name of that British comic that died literally on stage, like croaked on stage? Tommy, um... That's a lot of comics, like... But it's on video. Kind of a fantasy. Yeah, you can watch it on online where oh. he just literally croaks. Tommy Cooper, I think, was his name. Yeah. But yeah. comics. I mean, you can't comics that die on stage. That's what a, what, how <laughs> literal. You couldn't make death. it up. <laughs> and uh, and lastly, one of my favorite singers is Earl Thomas Connolly, a country singer who I I just loved. I for about uh, about a half a year in. Um, in 1987, I was a DJ at a country western station in Michigan, in the middle of Michigan, WMLM, the middle of the mitten, and uh, <laughs> and uh, and he was one of the people that was big at the time. And uh, "Chance of Loving You" is a great song, and and "Holding Her and Loving You." I mean, I love love Earl Thomas Connolly, so I was sad when he died. Aww. Lots of we lost lots of cool people. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about hate mail. Hate mail. You know, hate mail is is not as abundant as I had hoped. It's not quite the words I want to use. <laughs> for the purposes of this show, yeah, you there hope we are, for there something we are. to entertain people with. Yes. Uh, there was one I got that uh, that said that it just it was a weird comment. Scott Michael sounds like Charlie Sheen. Do you? What is Charlie Sheen? I don't even know what he sounds like. Say, I don't, say, say Tiger Blood. Tiger Blood? Say winning. Winning. <laughs> is that, are those yeah, things that he good. says? Winning. 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 I don't hear it. No, I don't either. Huh. <laughs> but I wouldn't know. All right. That's, and, not, um, yeah, that's not hateful. He's kind of a cool, weird guy. I guess. I guess. I used to do Lisa Gibbons' radio show. She has a, you know, a, a broadcasted uh, audio show, radio show, I guess. And I used to do the weird deaths, deaths, you know, death stories, like Fine a Death Is. And... Um, and then she won the Celebrity Apprentice. So I put a letter, put together a little uh, clip show of some of the stuff I did and some of the talk shows she was oh, on, okay. talking about my old job at Graveline and stuff like that. So that's on there. And uh, I said I wrote, I think it's called "Is Lisa Gibbons a Death Hag?" <laughs> so on the, on the comments this week it was a good one. It said, uh, "It said," and I quote. I cleaned her hotel room back in the late 80s and sniffed a pair of her dirty panties. Oh, jeez. Very clean and smelled just right. <laughs> what is wrong with thought, people? Well, I, that was a good one, actually. I haven't, I haven't got a really, really, really... It's like, okay. Right. So that's that. <laughs> you know, there was... Elvira did a garage sale uh, a couple of years ago, and... 
I took a tour bus over there. It was in uh, the Oak Streets, you know, back uh-huh. where ba- Brad yeah. Pitt's house is, back behind that Gelson's. Yeah. And because it's, it's gated there, but it was an open house. And I went two days. The first day I was there, and it's like it's like she left that day. The kids' toothbrushes were still there. Oh, wow. Uh, the, the, you know, there were still dishes. And, and I swear on my life, her underwear was there. And it's like she just took off one day, and people were pawing through this stuff. It was the weirdest thing. Wow. I, um, I, I, I had to get something because I was there, and I bought this picture off her kid's uh, off her kid's wall and it's this picture of a little boy dangling on the moon in his little footy pajamas so i so i got it home and i did some googling and i it's i found out that that was the logo for for uh, neverland ranch uh so this picture of this kid of never on neverland ranch logo was on elvira's wall and then i opened i opened it up and on the back of it was maureen reagan's resume Ronald Reagan's daughter's acting resume. <laughs> and then, so Elvira was doing one of those conventions, and I took it with me. And, uh, and, I, and I asked her, I said, okay, tell me what this is about, please. I got it at your house. And she says, <laughs> she says oh, my God, you can't tell anyone, but Pamela DeBar gave me that for my kids. And Pamela DeBar, the groupie who wrote I'm with the band. And, oh, you know, wow. So it was all these weirdo levels of fame. But well, Elvira, what a weird connection of peoples. I uh, know Maureen Reagan, Michael Jackson, Elvira, and uh, Pamela DeBar, <laughs> all in one little little. And it's in my bedroom wall. Wow. Anyway, so well, I don't know where that one came from, but sorry about that. One more, I have one more story related to hate mail. I just saw on Twitter this guy. He's a, a writer for the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. He said he, he put a tweet out. He said that uh, someone sent him hate mail in all caps, and he wrote the guy back and said he has a condition where he can't read all caps letters. So the guy rewrote it in lowercase. Oh my god, oh, that's <laughs> hilarious! What is that? What is that? <laughs> I think that's a great way to troll somebody that sends you hate mail, though, right? So. You can use that, Scott, in the future. I will. Just a mess. Because it took that guy way longer to rewrite that thing than it took. That's so funny. You know funny. what I mean? You just toss it. All right. Let's talk about the Ramones. It's time for the main feature. Johnny, Joey, Didi, um, and Marky. And rock and Roll High School. Tommy. Yeah, Rock and Roll. God, I, you know, I still, I think about these guys every day of my life. So, so for people that don't know the Ramones, I mean, how do you not know the Ramones? But if you don't know, let's say that you're a millennial, for example. Uh, the guy in the GoPro they're, commercial. They're, <laughs> no, the, they're one of the original <laughs> punk bands. Uh, they formed in 74 and kind of, I think they recorded their first album in 75. They're from Queens, New York, and they are an, an, one of the great icons of rock history. They are. They are. They, their name, they chose the name Ramon because it was Paul McCartney's stage name, or it's the name he would use to, to sign into hotels with. And uh, Dee Dee Ramon was a huge Beatles fan, so he chose the, uh, he chose it. And their names, you know, they weren't really Ramones like they say they were. I mean, Joey was Jeffrey Hyman, Dee Dee was Doug Colvin, Johnny was John Cummings, and Tommy was Tomas Erdeli. So, um, so anyway, yeah, these guys were, were out of CBGB in New York, you know, a little shitty basement CBGB club. was like their whiskey a go-go yeah. kind of, right? They played there like 70 times the first year they were in a band, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. They, probably, they could play 70 sets in one <laughs> night the way those guys, you know. They were, CBGB, was it country, bluegrass, uh, CB, country blues and bluegrass 
Uh, I forget what CBGB stands for, but it's like that. It's, and it's funny because that's not at all what they are known no, for in history, no. right? Of course, they're and known for hard rock and punk. And, and the bands know. that came out of there, you know, there was, you know, Blondie came out of there and Patti Smith and and uh, and the Ramones. And there was there were so many bands and it was like it was like our like their whiskey, mm-hmm. except a lot more grotty than the whiskey. Yeah, you know, a lot, I mean, right. the, the bathroom there was legendary, you know, strewn <laughs> with needles and puke and and all kinds of it was just some of you know when they when they closed it down they were supposed to have taken the bathroom out and opened up another cbgb in vegas but that never transpired but somewhere in america is the cbgb bathroom and i would love to get that (laughs) you could make it the bathroom at dearly departed tours you know if you can't i always say you've never been a cokehead unless you've done lines off a toilet seat that's what (laughs) i guess and i think cbgb put the place on the map in that regard but uh, and, but you, and you're a legit Ramones fan. Oh, I remember man, yeah. you, you have a clock, a Ramones clock that only has the numbers one, two, three, four. Like, <laughs> I love these guys. I do, and I do. I think about them every day. I have tinnitus because of these guys. I went to so many of their shows and sat or stood so close to the stage so many times that uh, I, I really it's ringing in my ears daily, constantly, twenty four seven. I can't even lay in bed without music going on because because it's just I used to put there I used to put headphones on when I went to sleep listening to Ramones music. You I would mean, fall asleep I to know. them? It's like about you know, I probably had that thing Joey had. It was that what's that O C D or something like that where where you know, that that kind of opposite effect you take speed to calm down. Oh you know? I think it's I think it's what it is. But uh but man, those guys were I, I saw them yeah, I saw them I saw them a lot. What was your favorite song? Uh, well, my favorite song, I was listening to it on the way over here because I was in a really shitty mood, and I put it on. It's I Just Want to Have Something to Do. It's it's uh, not one of their best-known songs, but mm-hmm. it's my favorite. It's In Rock and Roll High School, it was uh, when they when they were riding in the uh, their first appearance in the movie, Rodney Bingenheimer was driving him in a pink Cadillac down, uh, downtown uh, to the... Um, to the Mayan theater. That's where they were playing in the movie. And, uh, and this song is on it. And you know, it's funny Ramones, their songs are so out there. I know their songs by heart, but then one day I'll look up some lyrics. Oh, is that what they were saying? You know, because you know, they just talk so, you know, they sang so strangely and, you know, I will listen to the same song, uh, you know, 500 times. And then I wouldn't even know what I'm saying. I'm just going, you know, <laughs> it's like when they do Cretan hop, they did a song called Cretan hop and, and Joey pronounced it. Cretan. I have to read the lyrics. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. and to songs that I love, like I want to be sedated. You know, there'll, there'll be a lyric in there. You're like, was that what they were saying? You know, all that time. <laughs> and they make references, like Judy is a punk. They make a reference to the SLA, and you're like, what was the SLA? Oh, CBNE's Liberation Army. Yeah, Patty you know, Hearst. She, yeah, she went to France, San Francisco, and joined the SLA. I'm like, oh, it's like a history book, like going through some these of old, it. Tra- you know, these old tracks from the mid 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well, the Bonzo goes <laughs> to Bitburg. You know, that was Reagan going to Russia, and uh, yeah, it was. You know, my brain keeps hanging upside down talking about Reagan uh, going to uh, to Russia. It's fascinating. They did do uh, some pretty crazy uh, references because they wouldn't even play that song in America. Uh, oh, really? Bonzo goes to Bitburg. That's what it was because of uh, because it was anti-American. So it took a long time for that to be played. They played it in other countries a lot. Well, and they did uh, the KKK took my baby away. Yeah, as well. So they were, you know. Well, that was supposed to be Joey wrote that about Johnny. They oh, say really? because Johnny, you know, Johnny was really ultra right wing. Johnny was very uh. outspoken Republican, and uh, and Linda 
I forget what her real name is. I don't even like calling her Ramon, but she calls herself Linda Ramon. She was married to Johnny. She originally was going out with Joey, and then she started going out with Johnny. And that caused a rift between the two. And Johnny mm. and Joey didn't talk for decades. I mean, they, they would literally not talk. And Johnny was a pissed-off, angry guy all the time, and Joey was very liberal and very laid-back, or not laid-back because he was OCD. But <laughs> Johnny was very Fox News. Yeah, he yeah. was. You know, Johnny was whomever... If you said something, Johnny'd say something just to argue with you, just to mm. just to put you off. Just contradictory. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it was, it was interesting because he when he did they did the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was right after September 11th, and he said, you know, uh, a lot of people were pissed off, and he said something like, "God bless President Bush." You know, everyone in the music industry is going, ah. oh, right, right, you know, right. but he, you know, it's just the way he was, and he said that's exactly the reaction I wanted. So he knew what he was doing. Right, he was a, he was a complicated individual. But these guys, man, I saw them first time I saw them was a roller skating rink in Detroit for five bucks. Amazing. It was it was awesome. Did kids roller skate in to the music, or did you stand and watch them? No, we all stood. Okay, we stood, and uh, and yeah, I it saw wasn't them. like they were over in the corner, and right. people just kind of ignored them and kept skating. You were there for the concert, obviously. Correct, right? That's I oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, and they played a lot of the old theaters in Detroit. I mean, that's what they did. They did shitty gigs, you know, old dilapidated theaters, and uh, and they became famous for just they played a lot. They toured like almost nonstop for like yeah. two decades. Yeah. To, I didn't know how to compare it, but before when they when they threw in the towel, they did twenty almost twenty three hundred shows. So <laughs> that's but, like it's like Grateful Dead level like yeah commitment to live. live they shows. were yeah God they were they were fantastic they really were I mean that the energy that came out Joey would Joey would be singing and you would just see he, they'd all wear their leather jackets through the whole show and you just see the sweat just like like pouring out of his out of the wow. sleeve of his jacket it was like a, it was just like somebody spilled a, a, a glass of water down his shirt and he was not you know he's a skinny guy uh, he was like six foot eight I think but he was really really skinny so he had that that you know that health wise you know <laughs> that couldn't have been too good but man they were they're God they were the best they really were they really were and I think having two artists two two people in a band one left wing one right wing it just helps because it means they're mad about something all the time and the Ramones seemed angry right? yeah and see a lot of people it's hard for me to call them punk because because I don't know they were, they were like pop music it was pop punk yeah maybe yeah I agree totally it was nice sounding punk it wasn't I'm gonna you know uh, cut myself on stage. Although they did and, that, I want to sniff some glue and da- you know, gulping down Thorazine <laughs> uh-huh. and DDT did a job on me. They t- there's a lot of drug references and right. stuff, but it wasn't as pissed off as you know I would say punk was mm-hmm. when it when it first started. It wasn't like mosh pits and diving into the crowd and doing crazy. Yeah, stuff at least like not that, that I saw. Yeah. But then I I came into it late too. I started seeing them in like seventy nine eighty. Mm, they were um, mellowed by then. Maybe maybe. <laughs> But uh, I got turned on to him, so it was later than 79. Maybe it was Rock and Roll High School is how I got turned on to him. So what was Rock and Roll High School for people that don't know? Well, it was a Corman movie, and which is basically something they put together in two weeks <laughs> and, and filmed it and, and practically released it a week later. It's the second it was, time we've talked about Corman yeah. on the show, yeah. And he was... Uh, and he... This was about a school that, that rebels. You know, the students rebel against the, you know, the sort of stern... I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, keep, I hate the term right wing. I despise saying that, but that's yeah. the best. Really conservative uh, school board and principal, and uh-huh. the kids are rebelling. Right. And I guess it was originally supposed to be the the cheap trick or the knack were, supposed, were the ones that were originally chosen. And they, they, so they wrote this script, and they were like, "Let's find a band." <laughs> yeah, basically. To be in it, right. Yeah. And yeah. the Ramones said, "Well, what the hell? We'll do it." 
<laughs> in, in in the tradition of the Beatles and the Monkees and all these other bands before them that did movies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And that was it, a thing for a while. It, well, well, yeah. The, the the people going out and doing music, well, yeah. It was, and they, but it was just interchangeable. Yeah, you're right. It's like if, like, if, it's like if, like, you know, 15 years ago, NSYNC had done a movie. That was no, like, it's it was not like thing. that at all. <laughs> it's not like that at all. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> you're gonna get some hate mail now, Scott. <laughs> so, so Rock and Roll High School was released, I think, in '80, and and that's right before Phil Spector picked them up and did End of the Century record with them. And uh, but Rockin' High School was a great film. You know, it was a lot of fun. We talked about the the, the guy that played the police chief in Rock and Roll High School. He died uh, one of our first episodes when he mm-hmm. just called them ugly, ugly people. <laughs> and uh, Mary Warrenoff, who played Miss Togar, uh, was the uh, was the principal, and she was in Warhol movies. I mean, she was she was like like the old factory in New York. And Paul Bartel, who she did Eating Raul with, and uh, PJ Souls, who we know from Halloween. And, uh, and Clint Howard played Eagle Bauer, whose office he would sell like the you know hall passes in the bathroom. His office was in the men's room, and <laughs> it was such a great movie. I love that yeah. movie. And then they blew up the school. <laughs> it was, Do your parents know you're Ramones? And <laughs> it was great. So <laughs> I was just gonna say my favorite song by them is probably Judy's a Punk off their first album. Yeah. Although the first four songs off their first album, I defy anybody to find. The first four tracks were Blitzkrieg Bop. Beat on the brat with a Judy, band. Judy is a oh yeah, Judy is a punk, and I want to be your boyfriend. That's for your first four uh, songs on your very first album. Uh, very hard to find any. I think any band that that opened with that kind of. It surprises me that like I want to be sedated, which I used to like. It's like one of those songs. I I love the B fifty twos, but I hear Rock Lobster one more time. I'll freaking scream. <laughs> you know, I love their own. Right. I loved. I want to be sedated, but God, it's not the only song they did. And, uh, and you know, the Eurythmics, Sweet Dreams. Oh, my God. They had some great records, some great songs, and that's the only one they play. So uh, that kind of bums me out a little bit. And there's still, I mean, you know, I was in the bank and I heard I heard Blitz Creep Bop, but not even the Ramones. It was like... That's like at the hour when they want you to leave, like, get your shit up and like, do your business and get out of here. All right, Taco Bell, uh, GoPro, uh, Subway, or they're all using Ramones music. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, it used to be kind of... Uh, you know, it's well, like, I'm just so every, old. They die off, and then the states take over, and they're like, give us the money. They, they probably made more from a Taco Bell commercial than they ever made in their lives. And unfortunately, <laughs> they're all dead and can't uh, aren't reaping the benefits of that. Right. And uh, But is, they could have, probably, and yeah. they didn't want to, maybe, or who knows, who knows. And they, I mean, they touched on, top, you know, Pet Cemetery. Uh, you know, what they wrote that song for Stephen King, because Stephen King's a huge Ramones fan. So oh, uh, Pet Cemetery was uh, they wrote the theme for that, but Stephen King like he he I think it was in he's used a couple of references Hey Ho Let's Go and things like that he was a huge Ramones fan and uh, and The Simpsons did you uh, did you see their appearance on The Simpsons when it was Mr Burns birthday. And, uh, you know, these minstrels will soothe my jangled nerves. <laughs> and then they play, and he's like, have the Rolling Stones killed. <laughs> I loved uh, Judy is a Punk, I think, is my favorite song, simply because um, a lot of times when you hear it in a different con- song in a different context, it, like, makes you think of it a different way. Mm-hmm. And I loved the way it was used in Royal Tenenbaums, Wes Anderson's film, mm-hmm. it, which Royal Ten- Wes Anderson always has great soundtracks, but what Royal Tenenbaums is probably one of his best. 
And uh, Judy is a punk was used to introduce the Margot Tenenbaum character played by Gwyneth Paltrow, mm-hmm. and it just fit her character very, very well. And they used some of it, some of it in the trailer, and it actually made me want to see the movie. I haven't seen that movie in years, but that's oh, man. Uh, Gene Hackman. Was it was Ben Stiller in that? Yes, Ben yeah, Stiller yeah. plays one of the sons. Uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is a sister. Gene Hackman's the father mm-hmm. figure that's estranged from everybody, and um, everybody's in that movie. The, the both Wilson brothers are in it. Angelica Houston, Bill Murray, Danny Glover, in addition to Seymour Castle, who we just talked about, of course, is in it. Alec Baldwin is in it, of, wow. of all people. I mean, it's a crazy... It was his... You know, because he... Wes Anderson blew up with Rushmore, and this was the next film that he did after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, getting back to the Ramones. Yeah, the stuff that they came up with in their songs, I mean, you know, the We're, we're a Happy Family, Living in the Queens, Eating Refried Beans, Gulping Down Thorazine, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was DDT did a job on me. I know you're probably too young, they used to come around and spray DDT into the trees when we were kids, you know, <laughs> and we'd like go out and it would still be floating in the Nice. <laughs> it's like, you know, Can- it was just... Cancer's pollen. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's, it was growing up in the 60s, I guess, but... Uh, but uh, the Ramones are a lot of there are a lot of references to, to drugs, but not like heroin and cocaine. But it's it's psycho- psychological or uh, uh, drugs to treat mental issues, which is uh, which is which is funny. But it was never about you know, right? Maybe it was about dope. Or I want to like be that, sedated. Yeah, you know, not I want to go get high in an alley. Right. right. Yeah. 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 But yeah, so the Ramones. I guess originally, you know, Joey was originally a drummer. And he was he wanted to go. He was he was into the uh, psychedelic sort of stuff. His first stage name was Jeff Starship, <laughs> which oh. I love. <laughs> but but uh, a Jefferson Starship cover band called Jeff Starship. I love it. Yeah. I love it. But as far as I as far as I can tell, Dee Dee saw him and and uh, when they were performing and I and I thought they'd make a decent band. But since Joey. Uh, Didi screwed. Didi was, was supposed to be the singer, and he screwed up his voice somehow. And Joey took over as singer. Mm-hmm. Didi went to bass, and and their original bass player that they were going to go with, they realized couldn't play the bass. I don't think any of them could play. Of, yeah, right. It's kind of funny. <laughs> well, Tommy was uh, the original drummer. Ultimately, became the original drummer, and Johnny was uh, the guitar player. And uh, and then Tommy left fairly early on. And that's when they got Marky to take over. And Marky, he's the only one I ever saw. But Marky was there for for a vast majority of their years as their drummer. And then they kicked him out because he had drinking. He had a drinking problem. And uh, and they did have a couple of they got it. Uh, Chris Stein from Blondie was uh, one of them. They had CJ when Dee Dee left. CJ took over. And then there was a Richie. Chris Chris Stein was Elvis Ramon is what he called himself. <laughs> I know. Like yeah. a lot of bands, you know, the kind of members fall off over the years and they get stand-ins to fill in for them. It's, and, it's amazing. Know, well, Johnny and Joey were the two figureheads, so they couldn't really be changed out. And right. that was probably, uh, you know, contributed to a lot of their health issues is being in, the, in that close proximity every to- all the time with somebody you just detest. Right. <laughs> you know, uh, I like Johnny. I like Johnny a lot. I've really gotten to mellow about my attitude about him because he was he was sincere to himself. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he wasn't a hypocrite. And when like when when Joey died, we didn't talk about. Well, we can now because this is where we're on. We're talking about Joey. Uh, Joey died of lymphoma on Easter Sunday in 2001. And he was the first one to die of the original four. Yeah. It was like a year after they retired. And uh, and Johnny, when they asked him about it, he goes, well, 
you know, what am I going to say? You know, we did not get along. And uh, I'm not going to pretend like, uh, you know, I'm a grieving friend because I'd be a hypocrite. Right. So, you know, it sucks. <laughs> it does. And that was sort of, yeah, I thought was really an honest, uh, you know, comment. Yeah. He had his own personal thing that he, he probably did in his own head. But yeah. it wasn't like, I'm glad he's dead. Yeah. And he's just like, oh, why am I, I'm not going to say anything nice about him because I didn't say it when he was alive. So why should I do it now to please you? Be fake. Yeah. yeah I like that a lot. All four of them are dead now. Isn't that crazy? This is crazy. All four. Then none of them live to be 70. The oldest one was 65, I think. It was, uh, yeah, that was, uh, that was Tommy who just died. And only one of them died really from like what you would call the rock and roll lifestyle. You know what I mean? The other ones was just. Yeah, Dee Dee was overdosed. Joey was lymphoma. Johnny was. Uh, prostate cancer. Prostate cancer. And Tommy was uh, bile duct cancer. Bile duct cancer, cancer of yeah. all the things, right? Yeah, it's, that's. that's <laughs> That's something. I don't even know where my bile ducts are. Isn't that your saliva glands, like bile snake? ducts? It sounds like it. Yeah. I don't know. There's probably like doctors slamming their heads listening to this right now. Yeah. But I don't. Somewhere. Sorry. Somewhere. I think it's in your head. <laughs> sounds like something <laughs> be in your head, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bile. That's that, that's that green shit yeah. that Linda Blair right? was spitting out. Yes. So, yeah. So, there. Yeah. So, we know. Well, whatever it is, you don't want it. No. Well, you don't want the cancer of it. <laughs> yes. So, the next one to pass away was, uh, was Dee Dee. Yeah, he died not that long after after Joey died, and uh, he, yeah, lived, he died in O two, so the following year. Yeah, he lived he lived right on Franklin and Highland, right on the corner there. Right, which is crazy to think if for people who don't know, that's very very close to Highland and Hollywood Boulevard, which is it's our Times Square, yeah. really. So yeah. it's kind of wild to think that such a huge rock star icon was living just a few blocks north, well, basically I mean, right there. None of the Ramones were ever like. You know that sure. way. I mean, they weren't. Dee Dee lived in a shitty apartment, but he, yeah. they all did, and they never had the financial success to do it. And he, mm-hmm. there's pictures of Dee Dee, like in the background, you can see Hollywood and Highland being built off <laughs> of his balcony, his last, his out of his balcony. And his widow, as far as I know, still lives in the apartment. She did wow. at least until about ten years ago when uh-huh. we used to point it out on the tour. <laughs> I said, we filmed it in Dearly Departed Volume we? One. Oh, I think, okay. yeah, we filmed there. We talked about it. Dearly yeah. Departed Volume One. Ka-ching. <laughs> and uh, and then, yeah, she took her name now off available the door. on Amazon <laughs> <laughs> and other retailers. So how what happened? Well, it was an, it was an accidental uh, heroin overdose. Mm-hmm. You know, when Dee Dee left the group, he he was uh, when Marky got kicked out of the group, or was it after they disbanded that they they started the group called the Remains? And it was Dee Dee. Dee Dee tried tried doing a, being a rapper for a while and released. I think it was Dee Dee King or something like that was his was his rap name. <laughs> And um, and uh, Didi was something. Didi was so well liked by everyone. You know, he was like the puppy dog of the group, and probably the most screwed up. He was bipolar, and you know, obviously a drug addict. And he was he probably was self medicated. Yeah, and he was turning it. tricks when he was a kid in in, mm. in New York, on you know, in, near in the wharf. Like, and, like magic tricks, card tricks. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> they were magic. <laughs> he made things disappear. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so Didi, he was a sad, sad sad end because most everyone who knew him liked him he was know? 50 when he passed away and he is all these he is uh buried at hollywood forever cemetery yeah his, his tombstone says okay i gotta go now which i thought was uh, kind of cool i was trying cool. to figure out why it said that because I, I know they uh, it was a year, a year after joey died is when they were uh inducted to the rock and roll hall of fame so at the ceremony when they were inducted 
uh, Didi showed up and he said, I'd like to congratulate myself and thank myself and give myself a big pat on the back. <laughs> <laughs> and then in the same breath, that's when Joe, Johnny said, and God bless President Bush. So that was, uh, <laughs> it was, that was fascinating time. It was. But poor Didi, poor Didi. His memorial service was at the, at the Cat Club, which was next to the Whiskey A Go Go back then. That's right. I remember that. And uh, I don't know what it is now. I think it's an Irish pub. But, uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's cool that he's over at Hollywood Cemetery. I like that. And then the uh, speaking of Hollywood Forever Cemetery, uh, this, the third Ramon to pass away was a couple years later in 2004, and that was Johnny. And he passed away from prostate cancer. And he's the one, not only is he buried in Hollywood Forever, but they've got like an eight-foot statue to him. Yeah. It's a very, you know, it's, it's a cool thing to see it's, over there. It's outrageous. <laughs> it's outrageous. I mean, it's a place, you know, my friend Carrie Bible, who does tours of the cemetery, said it's starting to look like a chess set over there <laughs> because all these people are having these life-size statues put up of them all over the place. But, you know, Johnny's not in there. That's what's so weird is that Johnny, when he died, they had a memorial service for him and they unveiled that statue. Outrageous. That, I mean, you said eight feet. No, it's, it's like, it's like, it's like 15 feet and of him with his guitar. But he's actually at his house. And I always heard that, you know, that, that he's not in there. And, he, and I thought, no, they're not going to put a freaking thing like that in the cemetery. And not I mean, be there. they spent a lot of money on yeah. the statue. And then as we know, we've talked about, they spent a lot of money to be in Hollywood yeah. forever. Yeah. And for him to not be there. What's it called? There's a name for that when an epi- when the grave marker is... Cenotaph. A cenotaph. Yeah. So a cenotaph is when it's a headstone or marker. And they're not there. But the body isn't actually yeah. there. Yeah. But jo- I think Johnny will eventually be there. But I kept saying, no, there's no way they're going to have something like that there. But not, Linda... Not if he put on a mushroom suit when they're buried. <laughs> Linda Ramone posted a picture. God, it had to been two weeks ago and in the background on the mantelpiece behind her was johnny's urn oh wow. it was like well there's the mystery solved so, so maybe when she passes away the urn will go yeah to... she's never gonna die right. <laughs> <laughs> people like that don't die because <laughs> she's an angel <laughs> so johnny ramon it, it was interesting because we talked about what a complicated guy he is he died he was living in sherman oaks uh, a couple of doors down from a cl- uh, one of the places that we filmed in Six Degrees of Helter Skelter, Jack Jones' house. No on, kidding. On the, the, the house Drive. that was... Okay, let's tell this story really quick then. Uh, go ahead. So Jack Jones' house was... Uh, Jack Jones, the singer, uh, was... The um, Love Boat. That's what he... <laughs> that was his big hit. So his house was creepy crawled by members of the Manson family. And creepy crawling was a thing they liked to do kind of as a prank. And they would basically break into a house and they would rearrange your furniture... And move things around, and then when you woke up the next day or when you came home, it would creep you out. And maybe sometimes they stole stuff. Supposedly, I think you 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 had a story where you heard you heard this from his daughter. Yeah, and what she said he that they the text took one of his cowboy hats. Yeah, right. Yeah. Nothing was missing except a cowboy hat. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool house. Kind of yeah. mid-century modern type house. Great view, amazing view. Uh huh. Really, really cool house. But yeah, cre- they, it was creepy crawl. So and was, they waited in the bushes. So they lived right down the street from there. Yeah. And oh, he, oh yeah. Oh, wait, didn't you say that they they saw that they caught them walking? Oh wait, that was a different. No, uh, no, they were at, John they, Phillips saw oh, them walking the away like penguins. They, yeah, that was a bit silly. John <laughs> Phillips saw them walking like penguins. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was a bit silly. Yeah, Mackenzie Phillips told me the same weird story when I met her at one of those autograph shows, and she said, "Oh, we were si- we were sitting behind we were we were hiding behind chairs, and they were running through our you know living room or whatever." 
And this is the Manson family, not the Ramones we're talking right. about. Right, anyway. Yeah, being very weird. So Johnny lived on the same street, and he, oh, cool. he his house was just crammed with uh, movie memorabilia. He collected bad horror movie memorabilia, like crazy old posters, The wow. Crawling Eye, and, and stuff like that. And he was a huge Elvis fan. And he had a bottle of champagne that was signed by, uh, it was Mr. and Mrs. Elvis A. Presley. So it was when oh, he wow. married. And he said that, that Lisa Marie was born exactly nine months after the date on the champagne bottle, which which was something he was proud of. And weirdly enough, Lisa Marie Presley, she's something else, isn't she? I mean, first of all, she marries Nicolas Cage, who's obsessed with Elvis, you know, and then she marries Michael Jackson, which is what? You know, king of pop, king <laughs> of rock I read an and article roll. about their marriage the other day, too, about Did how kind of odd it was. And I think they just, they both related to just having kind of weird childhoods. Have been growing up in that weird environment, you know, that they, I think that's how they kind of related, but it always kind of seemed like it was more like just really good friends. Well, you know, somebody told that me that. married and there wasn't that romantic, you know. Well, no, clearly you know I mean? not. <laughs> you saw that MTV kiss, didn't you? I mean, she was like, she practically, yeah. it was like he was acid when he yeah. reached over to It was kiss like him. when Al Gore kissed Tipper, like on stage. It was like that <laughs> level of cringe. Like, have they ever kissed before now? Mm, yeah. yeah, it was, no, she literally like, like cringed. And, uh, and they said it would never last. <laughs> well, they say, you know, I heard that it was, they got married because. He, he was, that was the first time he was accused of uh, of being a pedophile, mm. and he turned. He married her because she's probably the only person in the world that didn't need any money and signed everything. And they his. were already getting good friends by then. Yeah, so, so he signed everything to over to her. So wow. if they were to win this huge settlement, they wouldn't. Uh, and it makes more sense because mm. they were not, you know, right. in love. Mm. Uh, and and I can state that with confidence. I didn't know them, not but in it that was way. Yeah. right. Right. So, so and Michael Jackson. So and the other thing is, you know, Nicolas Cage was obsessed with Elvis. He did that whole movie, Le- the, the Vegas thing, and and then look at Johnny Ramone, obsessed with Elvis, and he's friends with Lisa Marie. It's That's, like it's like Eddie Munster marrying the president of his fan club. Yeah, it's a little odd. Yeah, but whatever. And Lisa Marie, I think she's left Scientology, but she was. Priscilla's big in Scientology, <laughs> but Lisa Marie was. Oh man! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't want to be stalked no. and called a bunch of times, so sure. No, yeah, they're very can... nice people. Sure. They're very friendly. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just interesting. Lisa Marie Presley is a anomaly or an enigma, and, uh, and uh, yeah. So, uh, so Johnny's dead. <laughs> Johnny's dead. Oh, you know, the other thing that was interesting is that there, were, there was no Ramones memorabilia in his whole house. There was all this memorabilia from all these not old... Not a poster, not, not a, a single... single Ramones thing. Which wow. is which is interesting, I think. Um, Maybe he thought it wasn't cool, or he was just way over it. Or he was it. just done. Yeah, because he was he was like the brains in the group. Man, he was the one that, that wrote down the gigs. He's the one that figured out the money. He's the one that made sure it kept everyone on track. Mm. Well, it, he was the responsible one. It's kind of like what I I read that the the Beatles said about Ringo when they brought Ringo Starr in. He Ringo was very professional and. He kind of got them into shape, basically, because yeah. he was more experienced. I think he played in more bands, and he was very down to business. Let's get this done, yeah. guys. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. let's stay on track. And you got to have you got to have the the mom, the yeah. mother hen of the group to keep people in line, yeah. right? Or things just fall apart. Because Johnny never drank. He never did drugs. And Joey was a was was an alcoholic, and you know. CD was clearly uh, a drug addict. Mm-hmm. So there was a lot of that to wrangle those people must have been really, really hard work. So by the end of it, he was like, 
done. There was a movie that was about uh, called uh, End of the Century, a really good documentary about them. And, uh, and, and he's interviewed when Ramones called it quits. And he said, we did that album with Phil Spector and uh, End of the Century, which I love. And, uh, and he said that, move, that, that didn't make it. That didn't go anywhere. And he thought, if we're going to do it, this is going to be it. And he said it wasn't a hit. And he's like, well, that's just it. We're never going to make it, which is uh, sad. Uh, you know, because they, 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 like I said, they're making more money in a GoPro commercial than they probably made in, in 100 gigs. Yeah, right. 1,000 gigs. Really, yeah. So, uh, so their widows are, are, are doing well. <laughs> their widow, and they didn't even have any kids? No. No, none of them. Thankfully, <laughs> my God. Maybe Tommy. I don't know. I don't know much about Tommy. Huh. But uh, but Joey was forty nine. You know, Didi was fifty. Johnny yeah. was no, no kids. But they weren't ready to settle down yet. No, yeah, and get into that family. No, it's probably a good thing. <laughs> and and Joey, you know, he had that. What is it called when people have that weird? weird sorry uh <laughs> that that affliction which is another bad word but the one where you, you you count things all the time and you'll freak out if it's wrong and you know it's like you he's he would go down the stairs and it, if it didn't work out with his right foot at the bottom of the stairs he'd go up and do it again and he'd do it again yeah, <laughs> until he got it right yeah and he was and they, they just drove everybody crazy he wouldn't do anything until you know he put his jacket on the right way and it had to be done this certain way and zip the zipper a certain way and so speaking of special uh, that is one of the possibly the next episode we're going to do, or definitely one of the upcoming ones. Uh, we're going to do a, a Phil Spector Robert Blake combo episode. I yeah, think. Uh, that'll be a real shoot up, <laughs> bang up thing. You know? <laughs> wow, that, those are some crazy cases. Those two, both in some... very, very, very similar cases. Yeah, and very. Very bizarre mm-hmm. men. Phil Spector was something else, and uh, yeah, something else. And he was famous for you know waving around guns. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Johnny Ramone talks about it. They when they when he when he produced their album End of the Century, he brought out a gun, was waving it around. It's just what Phil Spector did. Right. People had expected it of him. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's video I think of him pointing a gun at the camera and just yeah. like messing around. I'm like you just. I grew up around guns. I came from kind of a law enforcement family, so I just you just don't do that. Right, like that goes against all the rules, the yeah. most basic rules of gun safety. You know, so uh, anyways, it'll be fun to get into that. Uh, Very, possibly, I love Phil Spector because he's so out there, and I love Ronnie Spector. I love the Ronettes, mm-hmm. you know, and Sonny and Cher, and that was that whole group. Anyway, yeah, we'll we'll get That'll into be all awesome. that. But uh, so, but yeah, they he they they didn't think much of of the Ramones. It, that was a way. It was like the Beatles when they did Long and Winding Road when Phil Spector produced them. It was just this over the top, you know, uh, uh, sort of orchestral. That was when they did Joey covered. Uh, they covered Baby I Love You, and. Um, and that that was using a diaper commercial too. I was like, oh my god, really? But uh, but it was all you know, violins in the background and everything was just this crazy Phil Spector overproduced. And I, I love it. I eat that stuff up. I hate when people go, oh, we're gonna we're gonna release it the way we want it. It's like fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> release it the way it was released. Right. You know? I, I just I, I know there's that, people that dog on the Let It Be album because uh, that was Phil Spector's. Screw I, I you. Love, that's a great album. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No, I, I hate people when they do shit like that. It's like when people <laughs> do Ramones tributes. They just buy Ramones records. You know what makes the Ramones really great? Me doing them. No, buy their fucking records. It pisses me <laughs> it's, off. <laughs> I, it's funny because I was into pop punk in the '90s, and there was a Ramones, I think it was a Ramones tribute album. It was definitely a cover of a Ramones song by a, a band called Face to Face, and they did the KKK 
took my baby away, and I really like it. But if you're a Ramones fan, you probably would hate it. I just, I mean, I'll always like it because they're good songs. But yeah. I don't know. It just seems like buy their records first. You know, that's just. Uh, it just that this that's great on my nerves. True, yeah. Go buy their record, not someone else's. You know what would make this great song really great? Me doing it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know d- d- what Bono? Uh, I hate you too. There, I said it. I hate Morrissey. I, there, I said it. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, okay. I hate. I hate them both. Like, mm-hmm. like more than I hate. Morrissey's gotten easy to hate recently. I yeah. think you said some things that are pretty more a suck. Stupid. No, I probably no. I, there, I, know, I don't want to <laughs> get like evil. I like you too, but I know people love to dump on Bono. Bono so I mean, I, yeah. I know I have Irish friends that love to dump on Bono. It's like a national sport over there. So, it is. You know. Yeah. Well, the Irish are like allergic because <laughs> he's success. so you know full of the, well, and he's very yeah. hoity-toity, full of himself, gonna save the world, kind of ego, yeah. whatever. Which, they did a. You know. They did a. He, they, they did a song on their album that they released about two years ago about the 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 miracle of Joey Ramone. And that's a, I really like that song. Uh. It was a really cool song. Uh, that's that one that they forced everyone to have on their iPhones. Remember they pissed thing? everybody off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, we're a, giving you a free album. It's like, I didn't want it. I don't want you to on my phone. <laughs> but, uh, but that was a good song. The, the, uh, the Genius or the Magic of Joey Ramone. I forget what it's called, but I like it a lot. So uh, I was always curious about you know what happened to Marky. I mean, Marky was with them as the drummer for the longest of any of them. He recorded. He on, picked up in like the late seventies, right? Yeah. Well, he 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 sang on Road to or he played on Road to Ruin. He played on uh, Rockets of Russia. He played on uh, almost end of the century for a good fifteen years, and. You know, now it's become really trendy. People wear Ramones T-shirts, not so much as it was a couple of years ago, but, uh, you know, purses and, and shirts and yeah. all kinds of shit with the Ramones logo on it. And uh, it always says Johnny, Joey, Tommy, and Dee Dee. The original said, four. Yeah, no, yeah. It never said Marky. And Marky is sort of like never invited to anything anymore. Marky, huh. all he does is like sell pasta sauce. There's like a Marky Ramon pasta sauce. But something, something. I've, I've looked around. I haven't been able to find anything really substantial, but... Uh, maybe maybe he had a falling out because he's not one of the original four and he didn't yeah. have ownership of it or something. Maybe. I know that's... Hey, you'll make money off the tours and stuff like that, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, while they were touring, the it was all Johnny, Joey, Marky, Dee Dee. And mm-hmm. then when, when Marky left, it was CJ, and they were all in the shirts. And the reason CJ quit the group is because they weren't giving him a piece of the shirts uh-huh. uh, of the merch that they were selling. So uh, maybe maybe that has to do with it. But Marky would be the one that would... I don't know. It just It's just weird that... He's been sort of extricated from the Ramones history. It's weird because I, I was a big Weezer fan, you know, high school and college years. And I, I saw them play like six times probably. And I remember I went and got their autographs at one point. And I had um, a guitar tab book for the Blue Album, which was their first album. And by this point, the lineup had changed a little bit. And um, this guy, uh, Matt Sharp, who was one of the original members, had quit the band. And a guy, I think by this point, Mikey Welsh had taken over for him or somebody had taken over for him. And so when I put the tab book on it and had the original guy's photo, on it he got to his guy and he broke he drew boobs on it nah, <laughs> on the guy and signed his name it. over scribbled his name over the face that's you know what great I mean? but most bands the merchandise keeps up with the current lineup yeah right if you went to a a, a weezer show now and there was a picture of the band it would be the current lineup of the band you know what i mean it wouldn't be so this is kind of interesting that the ramones kind of kept yeah. the merch kept with that original four yeah yeah 
the the founding members. I say, yeah, they probably overstocked on that first tour. <laughs> you know? We have a hundred thousand. <laughs> they, they overestimated the demand for for Weezer shirts. <laughs> right. Oh my These people gosh. deserved it. Again, if you love the Ramones, buy Ramones records, buy their CDs or whatever the hell. Download their shit. Yeah. Buy Ramones music. That's yeah. that's all I can say, man. Road to Ruin, Rocket to Russia. I love those albums. Yeah, I just feel like people people should buy the real ones. You know, you know what's funny is that the Ramones, you know, the Pinhead, uh, yes. the the Schlitzie is based mm-hmm. on Schlitzie. You from have the a tattoo, movie. right? Schlitzie on your arm. I do. Yeah. Yes. And uh, the Pinhead is based on Zippy the Pinhead, which is based on Schlitzie the Pinhead from the movie Freaks. And Johnny mm-hmm. Ramone was a huge Freaks. The fan. famous '30s film, I yeah. think. Right? Todd Browning with a huge mm-hmm. real sideshow Freaks. Yeah. And uh, the the the, uh, the limbless girl and uh, the Siamese twins mm-hmm. and all the unpc stuff. I love it. Siamese twins. They were from Siam, which is now I forget what Siam is now. And there I, was a the thing with Schlitzie and the, the headstone. Yeah, yeah, think, yeah. Right. Yeah, that, that Schlitzie was uh, a circus performer. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a condition for what he had. I don't know what it is. People would say retarded there. Mentally, I said it. I mean, That's well, what it I mean, is. Mentally retarded yes, individual. Thank yes. you. Thank Slow, you. Just, thanks yeah, for saying the R word. Well, it, well, when it's a clinical <laughs> reference and not being used as an insult, that's what I don't know what the I clinical use it term as an was. But, all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was he was could you know needed to be taken care of. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and so Schlitzy was uh, died and was buried in uh, a cemetery. Uh, out near Fullerton. Stephen Parent's actually in that cemetery. Oh, right. The man. Yeah, I grew up in Fullerton. I did not know any of the other And uh, I think it's Fullerton, but it's out near Whittier or something. Uh-huh. Anyway, so uh, but Schlitzy was in an unmarked grave, and my friend Cece saw that, and we wheels turned, and a couple of people from the Find a Death message board got together, and we arranged a fundraiser, and we had a funeral for uh, for Schlitzy. That's awesome. It was awesome. We had we, the cemetery was a Catholic cemetery, and uh, and they would not uh, provide a service unless we paid them like five hundred bucks. So, uh, so they wouldn't bring the priest out or whatever it was. No, yeah, the priest no. like I don't get out of bed for less than five hundred dollars. Right. Yeah. So we had a we had a, a man that was one of our group who was a uh, uh, minister. Who offered to do the do That's the nice. uh, do the do and the ceremony? And they let you come in with your own person if you want yeah. to. Yeah. So he did the ceremony. It was a beautiful ceremony, and you know Schultz was already in the grave. We just had dedicated been there a long the time. So, yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, but we find out that this Brian was was a minister of the Church of Satan, which. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong, <laughs> but it does just say you know there's a lot of satanic people out there, and it just it was a lovely ceremony. See, Catholic Church, that's what you get for making us pay. We brought in a church he was of a, Satan a guy. terrific man, and it was a really beautiful eulogy. It just took me by surprise. That's all. So, <laughs> and he did it for free. Yeah, and Slitchy reanimated at the end of it and came yeah. out of her grave. Oh, he was. It, it was really. It just again. It, it's like one of those things. It just when you when you, you didn't know ahead of time. He no. didn't. We just didn't think. And that, if I didn't know, you, I wouldn't care. Right. But it was kind of funny that it was like after the fact. <laughs> so what church are you, anyways? Episcopalian, <laughs> Protestant, church of Satan. Baptist, Church? Of Satan. Oh, yeah. all right. Cool, man. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh-uh. Yeah, whatever. So, uh, so anyway, yeah, poor Schultz. So anyway, the Ramones got a lot of shit for that. 
because they said that they were racist for the KKK took my baby away. Right. And, uh, you know, Bitburg business. And, and they were referring, yeah, the Nazi yeah. Blitzkrieg, Blitzkrieg pop. They kind of had that following them around. Yeah. And they're making fun of handicapped people because they would have, let's see, during their concert when they did Blitzkrieg Bob and they did the Hey Ho, Let's Go, that's when the, the Pinhead would come out with a big sign that said Gabba mm. Gabba Hey because oh, that right. song, you know, Gabba Gabba Hey comes from Freaks. When they went in the movie Freaks, it was Google Gobble, Google Gobble, We Accept You, One of Us. And that's where Gabba Gabba Hey came from. And the, the pinhead would come out with a mask. You know, they showed it in Rock and Roll High School with a Gabba Gabba Hey sign. And, and they got some crap for that. They said they're making fun of disabled people. Sure. And I, and I, and I just listened to an interview. I think it was uh, my friend Mick sent it to me. He interviewed Johnny. And, and he said, um, they, they, he said, fuck them. <laughs> I don't give a shit. They're not coming to see my show anyway. And I love that because we're not doing anything wrong. We're not racist. We're not making, yeah. you know, we're just... I just love that. You know, it's just like, fuck you. They're not the ones that are coming to see our show. I love that. Right. Oh, good for him. Good yeah. for him. I wish more celebrities would do that in a lot of instances where they're like... I wish everyone would do that. It's like, you really worried that that person's not going to mm. watch your show. They probably never watched it in the first place. It gives a shit. No. Just go on with your life and be... I feel like that's a celebrity him. listening to his people, his or her people. Yeah, And not doing what they want to do. You want to make everybody yeah. happy. Right. And, yeah, and you their just... publicist is like, here's how you should issue the apology and we'll write it for you and... Yeah, it's a media backtrack now. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. the same. Somebody pointed this out to me the other day that how can uh, was it even you that told me this? I'm not sure. How can a generation of people who was brought up on South Park end up like this? <laughs> right. You know, like everything pisses you off. Everything mm-hmm. is an awful thing. Every you're you're, you're degrading people. You're marginalizing mm-hmm. people. You know, where do they come from? I don't know. I think part of it maybe is just social media. We're interacting so much more than we used to. Maybe people are just getting offended more often. Too many people with opinions. Oh yeah, that's part of they it. They should take away their keyboards. <laughs> they should. They yeah. should make it. They should, you, should, you should need a driver's <laughs> license to have a keyboard and a computer. Of course, no one in L.A. has one anyway. But <laughs> no, really, there should be requirements for you to be on Facebook or something. You know, because, like a stability <laughs> test right. or something. Yeah, I got. Um, there's a friend of my parents who who always posts literal, like, fake news posts on Facebook. Like, literal shit, like, that was written by, like, a Ukrainian in a village <laughs> that is, like, not based on any real people. Like, the people like people that are quoted in it don't exist. And you tell them, like, that's completely made up. You like can't. This, It's not, like, a twisted story that's real, but they kind of put a spin on it. It's, like, the whole thing was completely fabricated to get you to click on it. And they just, they, they want to, they hear, well, what about this one? It's like, yep. Same thing, and they just keep doing it. You just you can't, can't reason with them. I, I made that mistake this week where I actually posted something about something I felt about something not political, but well, it was political. You know what it was? It was about this stupid shampoo containers. It makes me insane <laughs> that they want to that some politician is saying they want to ban the th- the little hotel shampoo containers. Oh, right. So, and I just think, oh, come on, we've got more important battles here. Yeah. And, uh, it's pretty far down the list. Yeah. But, but I posted that. I said, come on, I kick through, I kick through shit and needles every day of my life, and you're going to worry about shampoo bottles. <laughs> and, and then, you know, of course, then it starts up, well, we could be, we could be concerned with those and environmental causes too. I'm like, we can do more things than one, one time, Scott. Oh, my God. Save the whales. Go to hell. You know, these are people <laughs> with keyboards. They should be, they should get breathalyzers on keyboards. They should be licenses. Put credit cards. You should put a credit card in the side of your keyboard because it would it would eliminate a lot of crazy yeah it really would you can only have one account you can't mm-hmm. have 20 accounts under different names right and uh and yeah of course I we're do. saying this is a time when literally everybody has a podcast that's true true so whatever. but you don't have to listen to it that's true 
All right. Uh, do you want to talk about Tommy? Tommy. Tommy was the last one to pass away, the last of the four Ramones, original four Ramones, and um, he died in 2014 at the age of 65. What a nice guy. You know, I got to meet Tommy and CJ at uh, at Hollywood Forever Cemetery. Actually, I got to meet Johnny and Joey, too, uh, back in Detroit. God, that was cool. They, uh, I, I don't remember where I was exactly at the time, but I was, I was listening to the radio, and the Ramones were, Johnny and Joey were there to do a show. We were going to see them that night. And they were doing an interview, and I, I punched it, man. I went over there with a buddy, and we, we went to the radio station, and we sat in the parking lot until they came out. And it was, like, the coolest thing. I was totally fangirling out. It was like, I love you guys so much. <laughs> <laughs> I, couldn't, I had nothing to say to them, but you guys are great. <laughs> it was cool. It was so cool. And, uh, and uh, yeah. And, and then Tommy and CJ were at the cemetery at one of the Johnny Ramone uh, tribute nights. You know, those things used to be fun. Uh, you know, they used to they used to be about the Ramones, you know. It was mm-hmm. they, when they first started doing these things every year around what the anniversary. It? It's around the anniversary of Joe, Johnny's death that his wife Linda um has a uh, Johnny tribute at mm-hmm. the cemetery and they used to show, you know, Rock and Roll High School or a Ramones concert and they play Ramones music mm-hmm. and it was a lot of fun. And the last time I went it was about quadruple the amount of people, and they, you know, the Ramones were like an afterthought. Yeah, it was really bumming me out because it was the only time it you was could like be around the essence of Ramones. Right? They didn't yeah. play their music. I mean, it was like I'm, you know, here. Okay, so I'm in my mid fifties or late fifties now, but you know, it's being there wearing black and going, "Hey, ho, let's go with a bunch of people." It, it was a long right. time since I was able to do that, and it was cool. And Roll- Henry Rollins used to talk, and he said, "This, this is your tribe. These mm-hmm. are your guys." Not like that anymore. Really, now they play like hairspray, you know, or something, <laughs> you know, some stupid thing like that. Mm. And uh, it's just not the same thing, man. I, I love the Ramones, and just nobody really does a proper. I don't know. It bums me out. But anyway, Tommy and CJ were there, and that's where they had the Rock and Roll High School reunion too, where they had all the whole cast from Rock and Roll High School uh, there as well. Mary Warnov and the, the freshmen, and uh, that was man. There were some cool times. There but it is cool awkward times. when you meet someone and you just kind of don't know what to say. To no, them, I don't want to say just, anything. It's just cool to be with them, yeah. right? Yeah. You're you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, when I was a, uh, I was still living in Phoenix after graduating from ASU. I remember Polly Shore played the Tempe Improv. And uh, uh, this girl invited me out to go see him, and we saw him. And he was funny, and he was raising money to do one of his movies that he kind of self-funded. So he went on tour. And anyways, afterwards, he was signing, like, you sign your ticket or whatever afterwards out in the lobby. And we, this is my first awkward celebrity encounter because I walked up, and I just didn't know what to say. So it was just kind of like this awkward pause, and it was kind of like, hey. <laughs> he was like, hey. <laughs> he signed the thing, and I went. Like, other people were, like, charismatic. I had, like, actual stuff to say. Oh, so nice to meet you. I just, nothing came into my mind. Yeah. And I was just like, I just want you to sign this. Yeah. I don't really have anything to say to you. It's, Sorry. It's like that with your people that you really, really like. It's like, I got nothing to say, but I just want to, I want to touch you. I want to so, shake your hand. It's almost like, I don't want to say something in ruin this moment and not have yeah. you know what I mean <laughs> I've done that a couple of times too, but there'll be a time for that <laughs> I had uh, uh, I remember I, uh, I dated a girl one time and we saw at the in the uh, Sunset Tower Hotel down in like the kind of restaurant area downstairs mm-hmm. Matthew Perry was there mm-hmm. and she um, she walked by him just to kind of like hey, it's Matthew Perry and he looked at her and rolled his eyes you know he's a <laughs> and she and I don't know and I don't know if that's how he always is but it like ruined her like hour basically and I she felt thing so to bad do. I was like don't feel bad it's okay sometimes they're you know not having a good don't day or whatever like, it's not about you you know they're yeah. not in their natural habitat <laughs> 
It's just like, come on, you're in public, be nice. Yeah. You know, what's it going to kill you? It's not like she smile? ran up and like started barging in on their conversation. Yeah. It was like, let's get a selfie. Choose your moment. It was just, she just walked by. You know, just yeah. say hey and wave back. No sure. big deal. Why yeah. be a dick? We, uh, 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 me and my friend Kelly, we were walking through a farmer's market late one night and the dad from um, the Goldbergs was like sitting by himself at a table and he was just having a jolly time and he looked up at us and was like, hey, and we're like, hey, and walked by and it was like made our friggin' night. Yeah. It was just fun. You, you know? know, Steve Martin has the the famous business card that he hands out, you know, <laughs> I don't know who you are, but I'm sure it's lovely to meet yeah. you and or something. <laughs> so does the effect. actor who was Biff. Yeah, the, uh, the actor who played Biff, uh, Thomas F. Wilson, uh, has like a, a, a um, like a flash card that he'll give you, and on the back of it is all the main questions that people always ask him. <laughs> that's funny. And here's the answer. You that's know, like, clever. Here you go, dude. Here's what you want to... <laughs> I think it's awesome. Yeah. And that's a cool keepsake to it have, is. you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, I mean, that, some know? of them, they're like, I can't start, because if I start, I'll never get out of here. Because so, <laughs> then everybody's like, oh, he's signing yeah. autographs, let's go get ours. Yeah. And it becomes a thing, yep. and then it's like Mecca, people coming up going, you know, mm-hmm. it's like zombie stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I when, when I first moved to L.A., I may have told this story before, but I saw uh, Kevin Costner at the Grove. Mm-hmm. Like, literally weeks after I moved here, I walked out of a store, and he was right there, like with his son or something. And people were not bugging him, for the most part. People in L.A. tend to not. Oh, they kind of look, but they don't really bother mm-hmm. as much. But then I went down into this shop and I walked in. And I just casually mentioned, oh, Kevin Costner is outside. They all ran out. Mm-hmm. And the, the the workers left me alone in their store. <laughs> I, like, I love it. <laughs> I like, all right. Yeah. It's, I mean, I feel like if it's somebody you like... Go say hello. You know, yeah. not, what's the harm? Well, and I had that that first first experience in L.A. when I saw him because I've probably seen every single film Kevin Costner's ever been in. And mm-hmm. there, there's like a psychological thing. I wonder if there's maybe a term for it, but it's like I recognize him, but he's never seen me before. Oh, you feel like you know and him. And there was, yeah, there's, the yeah. first thing I did was kind of did the kind of raised chin like, hey, what's yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. Like I just started to do the sup. Like, I, oh, I recognize you. And then it was like, no, I, I recognize you because you're famous, not because we actually know each other. Yeah. And I've had other experiences like that where you kind of double take because yeah. you think you know them and you're like, oh, no, it's a famous actor. And famous people do that with each other, too. They're right? like, oh, oh, I don't know you, do I? <laughs> you, think, you feel like you do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that's, it is it's it is funny, but I always say if you see somebody you like, say hello. What's the harm in that? It's their mm-hmm. job, and if they want to be dicks, then you have a great story to tell. I tend to I tend to not bother people in public or if it's like in a restaurant. I more so if it's like a public event because mm-hmm. it's more like they're there to be seen. So yeah. it's not as big of a deal. To if they were getting up, up and paying something. their check, I'd say something. Or if yeah. they were outside, I'd say something. Uh huh. Sure. But I wouldn't interrupt their meal. Right. Uh, it's just uh, choose your moment. Mm-hmm. You know, if they're, if they're talking to somebody and the other one's in tears. <laughs> Ask me how I know that. Give them some. Sp- <laughs> okay, what happened? No, you can't, no, no, o- no. You can't open that no, door. I was a bit too close for comfort uh. for me. But anyway, it's just <laughs> I'm a big fan. Anyway, so. <laughs> did that happen with the Ramones? No, no, okay, no, no, good. No, right. no, no, that 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 I was the, I was the one in tears actually. <laughs> I was at the uh, this outdoor restaurant. It's kind of a scene where they have a day out seating out on the sidewalk, you know, and it's very people watching area and uh somebody walked up and sat next to the table next to mine and i was like that's somebody but i can't place it and then this girl showed up and sat at his table and i'm like that's somebody too and i can't place it and i'm starting to figure out who they are i was like he's probably in a band or something because he had like the full sleeve tats and everything and uh, all of a sudden a lincoln navigator pulls up on the street right next to us and slams on the brakes like and a window comes down and something comes out the window and i thought drive by Mm-hmm. I seriously thought drive by, and it was a camera, it was a lens, 
They took a bunch of pictures and then they sped off. And then like a minute went by and then this dude came around with this little cam- video camera and just walked up to their table and started asking them random questions. It was like TMZ type yeah. stuff, right? Yeah. And the guy was like, dude, I'm, we're, we're eating. Can we, can, you, can you leave us alone? And I goes like, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. And he walked away. And then I looked and it was uh, Jack Osborne from the Osbournes. And that is who it was. Yeah. And he was like, dude, like we're having lunch. Like, you can you not chill. come jam a, you know, a camera literally over my f- plate of yeah, food and like sucks. ask me random questions? That like, does you know? suck. Yeah. Yeah. Again, choose your moment. Yes. I think that people in in the public eye they court that, and there's to be an element of patience with that. <laughs> but that, uh, I you know, I saw paparazzi chase and Christina Aguilera once, and they <laughs> this guy man, he parked his car half on the curb, left the door open, and was running with his camera it's, and yeah. left the car running. And it's also, scary. She was going into a shop. Yeah. I mean, she wasn't doing anything. It is weird. I guess and they're hoping gets, that she's going to... And it gets gonna... scary for them because some of those people, they get death threats and stuff, and they don't know if that's oh, that one a crazy person. <laughs> that you one guy that I mean? was stalking uh, Justin <laughs> Justin Bieber and was killed, the photographer. He parked his car across the street and was chasing after Justin... I shouldn't be <laughs> chasing after Justin Bieber, <laughs> and he gets nailed Very in the middle of the street, like right in front of Justin Bieber. Oh. It, was, uh, it was a few years ago, but yeah, it's a wow. wild story. But sometimes, sometimes... You know, sometimes you, mm-hmm. sometimes you watch karma happen, yeah. and sometimes it's, you know, I don't wish bad things to happen to people, but, you know. Right. <laughs> anyway, anyway. But, you know, on the, on the final note about the, the Ramones, um, something, when I was, I was, I still had a paper route when I saw them, and uh, for the Detroit News, and about 10 years ago, I went past the old news station, and it was all boarded up, I mean, all those buildings are all boarded up now, but I went past it, and I forgot, but I'd written the Ramones, uh, I, I spray-painted Ramones on the back of the news station, along with the Detroit, Detroit News Sucks, and um, it was in my handwriting, too, I mean, everyone knows my handwriting, but I found it, and I, I forgot I even did it, and there was a big tree uh grew in front of it so you can't even you could only see part of the ramones on there but i'll, I'll send you the picture it's kind of funny i can't believe it was still there wow. I mean, uh, you know i was it was weird it was cool it was really cool because i forgot i even did it that reminds that's how i found your website through the ramones i know i've told you this story i don't think i've told this story on the show before but i uh i used to drive back and forth between phoenix and la in southern california all the time because i was going to school out there in arizona and i grew up making that drive drive anyways i've probably done that 200 times and there's all these cool abandoned gas stations out there in the desert you know that mm-hmm. have been lost to time and on one of the drives i was like you know what i'm gonna give myself extra time i'm, I'm gonna stop at those and i'm gonna take pictures and so i was i did that and one of the places i stopped i walked around the back and somebody had written death clock in graffiti oh yeah deathclock.com yeah, yeah on the back on the back where you couldn't see it from the highway you had to walk around That's the back so of the weird. thing basically i was like what is death clock and i was like what a weird thing so i looked it up and it was you know a thing was like you can predict when you're gonna die right yeah. you enter all this personal information about your are you a smoker how old are you etc and uh, and then Death Clock was an I think it had advertised on your site or yeah. something like that, and that's how I saw the link to Find a Death. I don't think you ever told me that. And story. that's that's how I found first found out about. And I was reading Find a Death and was kind of a fan of it when I first saw your van go by my. And you, yeah, and you took your mom on my yep. tour. Yeah, wow. That's how it started. A, an abandoned gas station out in the middle of the desert, probably in California. That's so interesting. You know, west of the border, yeah. West wow. of the state line, yeah. That's surprising. That's really a cool story. Yeah. 
Deathclock.com. I wonder if it's still around. You know, I don't think so. They used to make vitamins. That was their thing. That was one of those the early days of the internet type websites. Yeah. When you, you know could still I mean? gamble online. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. Did you take pictures of it? I probably didn't. I probably oh, have them somewhere. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. None of my pictures that. of that were any good, but I they never have are. Somewhere. I know. But uh, yeah. but that's the fun of it, having yeah. them though. Right. That's really cool. Wow. Well. We've learned things. This has been, yeah, thank you guys for indulging us. We've rocked out. (laughs) (laughs) We started the show with with a remark about the song, about the length of the songs. And uh, at Joey's funeral, his brother said that, uh, that's what he said. He said, he made reference to that. He said, I could talk all day long about my brother. But my brother could have said it all in two minutes and ten seconds, which I thought was really yes. kind of a cool thing to say. So, um, <laughs> God bless the dead Ramones. Long live the dead Ramones. Hey ho, let's, let's go. Let's go. This has been an episode of the Dearly Departed Podcast. Dig up more episodes at dearlydepartedpod.com and on iTunes and Google Play. See you next time. <laughs> With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.